Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. This week, we are joined by Akila Hughes and Michaela Watkins to tackle the following questions. Is anybody really going to be okay in a post-Roe America? Why does a certain type of guy consider Cat Lady to be an insult? When are classic Lifetime movies going to get their due respect? All this and more right now. Okay, news, news. The news continues to suck. Um, There was a report in the Washington Post, an op-ed in the Washington Post that essentially confirmed that whoever leaked the draft of the SCOTUS opinion striking down Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey was most likely affiliated with the conservative wing of the court Mm. and that they still have the votes necessary to overturn Roe, that the the court continues to be exactly as out of step with the American people as we thought, but bright, tiniest of silver linings, it supports my theory that whoever released the draft was a chaotic person close to one of the five in the majority. Yes, you said that. It was, uh, look, I expect nothing less of these people. Of course, they still support it. Nothing nothing scares them or enlightens them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like completely out of line. Here's something that I've been thinking a lot about, you know, before we get into what people are, are trying to do to prepare for what looks more and more like an inevitability. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the conversation about uh, Roe has been like, look, the people most impacted will be people who are already marginalized, which is 100% true. But one thing that I've sort of revisited is this idea that privileged women, mostly white women, higher income women, people in urban centers, people who are more educated people in blue states um, will be fine, you know? Mm -hmm. You'll still be able to get abortion care. 
Republicans are bandying about the idea of a six-week abortion ban federally if they take back Congress and the White House and the Senate. If they ever have the executive and legislative branches again, they're talking about a six-week federal ban. You will not be fine. Like, I, I like you probably won't be fine if if that is the case. If you are a person who can get pregnant or if you are a person who will be in your fertile years who has a uterus during that time, uh, if you're a woman who can't or shouldn't get pregnant, but there is a possibility that you could face a, a life-threatening pregnancy that you cannot carry to term, like if if there's a federal ban, like that's you're not going to be fine. Not going to be fine. Not going to be fine. You might be able to do a bunch of stuff and then be fine. But, like, let's come at this assuming, like, uh, no. I mean, there will be people who have a higher likelihood of being okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, quote, unquote. Who will be able to sort out a workaround. Right. But the thing is, I think that that breeds a little bit of complacency. I agree. Among people who are empowered enough to speak out now. I think that it is an important thing to point out that women of color, especially black women, are the first people harmed by um, by policies that make abortion care less safe and less accessible. I think it's very important to acknowledge that. But I also think that it it we shouldn't be drawing lines and saying like, but look, you know, women in, in blue cities, you'll be fine. Mm, will you? Don't know. I mean, look, there's a lot still that's undetermined. Like one of our listeners sent some notes, which I appreciate listeners. When you have very constructive feedback, it's always helpful. Um, That plan B could be a problem. Dealing with women in the hospital who are coming in for rape kits, who have been raped, like all of the, all of the trappings. And I have asked for more articles on this, because I think it's inter- it's interesting and important. But like, there are so many things that haven't been considered in terms of what this really, really will be like uh, if mm-hmm. if enacted. Right. And another thing, like IVF, totally IVF. I mean, if if an embryo, if a fertilized embryo, because that's what a six week abortion man is. It's not even a fetus yet. Correct. I think it's like at week eight it goes from being characterized as an embryo to characterized as a fetus. And we've also let the, the like, quote unquote, I'll just say like the anti-abortion side dictate imagery around fetal development um, because all of the pictures that they show of like, oh, this is a seven-week-old fetus. No, it's fucking not. Those things are very scary looking, first of all. They look like tadpoles. They don't have any arms or legs and they're so right. tiny. Like, And to imagine that that has... Or an eight-week-old fetus. Sorry, I just I just made that distinction and then like spoke back. That's how like total I think the right-wing hijacking of conversations around human gestation have become. Um, totally. The thing is, like you know, embryonic tra- like blastocyst transfers will be impacted because if those are babies, if those are babies, if you don't use them all, yeah, what do you do? Is that abortion if you don't use all of your fertilized embryos? I mean, if you ask a pro-life person if a fertility clinic was on fire and there was a two-year-old child trapped inside and you had a choice between saving a tray of a thousand embryos or the two-year-old child, which one would you save? None of them would say a thousand embryos. 
if they did, there's something fucking wrong. That with is you. literally disqualifying as a like as a human. But that's the thing. If if a fertilized embryo is a the same as a human child, um, then the the choice should be a thousand like <laughs> a, th- a thousand frozen embryos. You know, right. Unrelated to this, but in the same vein, can we stop talking about rape and incest? Isn't incest rape? Yeah. I'm just saying. Let's just make some small changes to the convo and let's start here. Right. Yeah. That's, it's all ick. And uh, I, I don't even know. I, I was thinking I had an idea, maybe like a, like a galaxy brain idea for us. I love when you have galaxy brain. Could we start a religion? Could we we start? Listen, I don't have religion, so I'm open, baby. Well, we just need to make up a God and be like, this is our sincerely held belief and have part of our religion be like, everyone gets to have equal access to abortion as they deem appropriate. Like, would it be smart if our God was just Mercury in retrograde? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) maybe we could it doesn't need to be, it could be like you know it could be a tube of red lipstick for all we for all we care it's just it doesn't we just need to say it's our sincerely held religious belief here's the thing about sincerely held religious beliefs and i don't know this is how like broken brained i am after you know six months of sleepless nights i have more sincerely held beliefs when it comes to bodily autonomy than i ever did about like tenets of the Catholicism I was raised with, you know? Well, and Aaron, like when people talk about like deeply held religious beliefs, they're not talking about all religions. Abortion is not fucking illegal in Judaism. Isn't it supposed, isn't it the moral choice? Yes. Yes. If the life of the mother, specifically if the life of the mother is in jeopardy, you're supposed to get an abortion. Uh, in Islam, I do not believe that there's anything wrong with abortion. And so it's like, let's let's be clear. We're talking about a fraction of religions. Right, yes. Who've got beef with abortion. And it's all kind of made up too, because like there's stuff in the Bible where it kind of differentiates between the life of a pregnant person, of a woman, and the life of a, of a gestating fetus or an embryo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, let's start a religion. I think that there's going to we're going to meet on Thursdays, I guess. It's my favorite day of the week. Thursday mornings we'll say we'll meet and uh we sincerely hold the belief that this is fucking bullshit. That's that's our sincerely held belief. Let's take this shit to Scotus. I mean, look, they'll figure out a way to use some jiggery pokery to get around the fact that the only religious beliefs that matter are evangelical American white nationalist Christian sincerely held beliefs. But let's just make them say it at least. Let's at least make them, let's make them say it. Speaking of making them say it, Alyssa, what's the latest in um, the U.S. Senate vote to codify access to abortion at the federal level? Well, Aaron, this very important vote, LOL, that is going to, uh, we're getting people on the record. So last I have heard, uh, it's definitely not going to pass. Not anywhere close, it seems. Um, small shout out to Bob Casey, who is not pro-abortion, but will be voting for this because he thinks that it is important that women have a fucking choice. Um, that ever, not really confusing, but sort of 
disappointing Democrat Joe Manchin. Sounds like he's against it. He's such a fucking, he's such a douche. I'm sorry. That guy is such a fucking douche. It's like, does he think that the people in West Virginia don't need abortions? No. I mean, this is the thing I always think. This is like, this is where the rubber hits the road with me. It's like, if you're an elected official, are you saying what you believe or are you representing your constituents? And this is like, I have a hard time thinking he's representing his constituents here, but you know, so the vote will fail. But I guess going into the uh, midterms, we will have it on record. Who believes in what? And um, none of it's shocking. So, you know, all the all the chit chat and pomp around this is, you know, kind of falls flat for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Here's something that that I, I realized with a sinking feeling when you and I were first texting about this and you were very like, oh, why are we doing this vote? Um, and I was like, I don't know, maybe, you know, whatever. Um, if the Supreme Court rules as it appears it's going to rule and it overturns Roe and overturns Casey and makes it basically just a total fucking chaotic circus ass free for all among America's most tedious morons who are elected state officials. I just, I just had this like flash of just endless year after year fundraising off of the fear of federal, like abortion being banned or we must ban abortion. We must not ban abortion. And this is just going to be the like money raising pissing contest that both major parties. So it is funny that you say that because last week when the, it was last week, right? It's been a lifetime, but when the, when it, when it leaked, when it leaked and Aaron I won't name check them here, but I will never forget all the people, Democrats, who sent, who are like barely up for reelection, barely have races, that are like, "Mm, help protect Roe and donate right now. Shameful. Shameful. Mm -hmm. If you, in that moment and for the weeks that come, if you're an elected official with a huge platform and you're not in a, a close race, you should be using your platform to help like the Yellow Hammer Fund and NARAL and people who are helping women who need actual help get the help that they need. And so I uh, I could not agree with you more. I just can't, I can't handle this once every two years being like, you know, oh, well, I better throw money at this. Otherwise, 73 million people lose the right to what happens inside their own bodies. Like, I can't. I, I, I cannot. And like, I'm, I'm saying this in to Democrats and Republicans. I just cannot. It's not, it is so unfucking cool that, that, so like, uncool. that bodies would be human bodies are now like fundraising tools. It's just fucking shameless. What we need to do is like what is right by the American people and actually codify Roe or, you know, somehow once we have a different Supreme court, I don't know. Will will we live to see the day uh, once we have a different Supreme Court have somebody mount a challenge to abortion bans in a different way than Roe was argued and win that way? And then this always brings me back. I mean, it 
not just me. I mean, I'm not a fucking genius here. Yes, you are. But it's like, I don't know. At some point, do we really got to go back deep into the ERA? Like maybe is that the, is are we there? Are we there where this is like potentially the only thing that's going to help? I don't know. I, I enjoyed Strict Scrutiny's conversation on this. If listeners want to hear more, um, definitely listen to that Crooked Media pod um, because it's it's been super enlightening to me too. Although sometimes I'm just like, oh. I'm a little lost here. <laughs> you, know, you know, I always tell you when we talk about the court, I always get a little dyslexic or something. I can't always <laughs> understand. It's just like, it's like watching someone play Settlers of Catan and you're like, I don't understand the rules of this game. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this feels very complicated. Anyway, um, thanks to the sacredness of the filibuster, it seems that we have um, not, we, we have nary the votes nor the ability to change the way that the federal government is gunked up. So the casualties of that are your rights, my rights, the rights of anybody who could at any point get pregnant. Yep. Um, I have one more quick uh, proposal. So start our own religion. That's proposal A. Okay. Um, and uh, proposal B. So we talked about coming last week, right? Yes, yes. I wanted to, uh, yes, a male ejaculate. Um, I wanted to add a little bit to that proposal. I think that, like, you know, if you're truly pro-life, if you're truly anti-abortion, because you can't say pro-life, they that's like, the, this is like the one thing that they aren't pro making conditions more difficult for life. They're, they're not, anyway, um, if you're anti-abortion, the only way to really prevent abortions is to prevent men from ejaculating into a person who could get pregnant. So that's the only way to prevent unwanted pregnancy, right? Because like, if you just put a bunch of people with uteruses in a field and had us like run around <laughs> frolicking, <laughs> eating clover and like complimenting each other's manicures, um, nobody would get pregnant, right? Right. So I think that if you, I think there should be laws that if you are not financially prepared to support a child, it should be mandatory. And you are somebody that has sex with women or people with uteruses. It should be mandatory that you have a vasectomy. It's reversible. That should not be controversial. It's not. That makes good sense. A hundred percent of unplanned and unwanted pregnancies are caused by semen. So let's... Huh. Problem solved. Right. It's semen. Men are the problem. Seems they would be. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Use that, like lift that and make that like a, <laughs> a ringtone. That's actually like the, the ringtone that calls everybody to prayer at our church. Men are. The- Men are. Semen is the problem. Men <laughs> are the problem. <laughs> semen is the problem. That's not the episode title. I wish it could be, but it's not going to be. Okay. <laughs> um any protections at the state level that you think, Alyssa, will be particularly helpful? I think all the ones that the states are enacting are helpful. I do like, I think that this is important because I have read so many stories and so many people who were escorts um, who would help people who needed abortions get to the clinic um, have been telling their stories on Twitter and it has blown my brain apart. How uh, disgusting, how violent how invasive these people are who protest outside of uh, places where people secure abortions. And um, Colorado, Massachusetts, Montana, and Maine have established a bubble zone that limits protests near the doors of a medical clinic, which like at a minimum, I mean, just feels like how can everybody not do this? Like we really can't, I don't know, we can't get on board with that. But no, um, lots of states, quite a few states have uh, are enacting laws that will protect Roe, 
you know, most of the states that you would expect, not a lot of shockers. Not a, mm-hmm. Texas isn't leading the Texas places down south, not really leading the charge. But no, I mean, I'm glad that they're taking it seriously. Um, like New Mexico, Kansas, Montana, Alaska, mm, Florida, and Minnesota, the right to an abortion is protected by a state Supreme Court precedent. So that's good. I mean, seems again like something that can be overturned since we don't care about precedents anymore. But any mm-hmm. state that's doing anything to make their uh, constituents, their citizenry, um, be a little protected is good. But, I mean, all of it just feels tenuous, I guess. Yep. It's all very tenuous. And I think it's very important. Look, I know that we're all anxious and we've been anxious for, I don't know. I think that the millennial generation has been anxious since 9-11. But, you know, just we, we've been at a heightened state of anxiety since the Trump years. Um I think it's just really important for uh, if you live in a state where it's even up for discussion that you pay attention to state and local politics and uh, vote and help out in the way that you can so that things are protected for you at your local level because federal government ain't helping you. They're going to raise money, but they're not going to help you. Um, and, And I know that's cynical, but I feel like with this Senate and with the filibuster, it's it's not coming from Washington. It's going to have to come from state houses um, until we figure out a way to, um, until, you know, Alito is visited by three spirits in the night, the ghost, the ghost of abortions past, the ghost of abortions present, and the ghost of abortions future, and is uh, scared into moral straightness. And you know what? One thing that you and I have been talking about a lot this week that I wanted to actually just raise real quickly, the protests outside of the SCOTUS homes. I wrote about this. Yeah. I know you did. And I was really, I mean, mostly because I'm terrified of the QAnon MAGA crowd. And I'm like, well, we shouldn't incite them. Right. No. Here's the thing. They've been incited, first of all. I know. I know. But I had no idea. And I'm sure if I didn't know that there are other people on this planet who did not know that the Supreme Court many years ago, when I was in high school, and I am 46, um, upheld the right for people to protest at the homes of abortion providers. So, Hmm. sorry, in this one, I tried to be, I was trying to be real above the fray. Sorry, nope, this one, goose, gander. Whatever's good for them is good for them. So if everyone's being peaceful and and peacefully protesting, I'm sorry, but you did this to yourselves in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking people who are kind of pearl clutching over the protests outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. It's like, what is protest supposed to be if not reaching those that are empowered to make the change? Like, correct? do do they want us to just, like, gather in a field far away from where anybody can see or hear us and, like, whisper our wishes into the wind? Like, it's not a protest if nobody can hear it or if it's not, like, at least a little bit disruptive. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I just cannot respect the sanctity of the the sidewalk outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home if he cannot respect the sanctity of what happens inside of the bodies of 73 million of his fellow citizens. Sorry, bro. I don't I I'm not going to not going to get upset about that. Nope. But anyway, consider the libs triggered. Um okay, we have a toast this week. We're going to end on a high note. Yeah, just a little quickie. Jessica Cisneros is running for Congress in Texas's 28th district 
This is a primary, and it's important because she is running against Congressman Cuellar, who is an anti-choice, anti-labor, pro-NRA Democrat who voted with Donald Trump and the Republicans almost 70% of the time in the last Congress. So, Aaron, we just want to flag. Early voting takes place May 16th to the 20th, and the Texas primary runoff is Tuesday, May 24th, and we are sending all the vibes to Jessica. I'm sending all the vibes. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, a very special personal political. They're all very special, but I this one is very, very special. This is particularly special. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. And welcome back. We are going to talk today about something I think near and dear to Alyssa Master Monaco's heart, indeed. At what point in your life did you start realizing that not only was being a cat lady not a bad thing, but perhaps an aspirational thing, Alyssa? Oh, about a, well, about a month after I rescued my cat, Shrum, 
right after Hurricane Katrina. And I felt love like nothing ever before. That is when I realized it was aspirational because I love that furry fucker so much. <laughs> you, so like, but you also experienced probably rejection or was Shrum just pure love? No, that's why I said first month because oh, okay. um, when I first got him, I didn't know if it's because he was a male cat or what, but he like wasn't taking a real shine to me. So uh, John and Tommy had to come over, Favreau, Favreau and Vitor to my apartment, try to talk. They helped me uh, put my my uh, Ikea furniture together and, and tried to talk to him. And then uh, my boss at the time, Pete Rouse, came over, sat cross-legged on the floor and tried to talk to Shrum. And, uh, but then he became, he became something that loved me. And after that, I never got rejected by that fucker again until he met my husband, and then he's like, what is this life of Riley I could be living? And so after that, yes. But up until then, we were just two best friends cruising this world, fighting for democracy. <laughs> um, of course, uh, I, I've wanted to talk about cat ladies for a while or this this kind of overarching idea behind the cat lady for a while. And uh, that is the way that it is thrown as an insult or a threat. And what made me think about this is a tweet from a man who is under investigation for, um, I think, under underage prostitution. All kinds of things. Lots of things. Yeah. Bad, bad guy. Yeah. He is uh, not a a good man, but uh, Florida's first district representative, Matholomew Gates. I'm calling him Matholomew. <laughs> Can he be Matt Matholomew? Uh, last week, uh, in when uh, people were protesting the leaked SCOTUS draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade, Mr. Gates tweeted, "How many of the women rallying against overturning Roe are overeducated, underloved millennials who sadly return from protests to a lonely microwave dinner with their cats?" And no Bumble matches. So that was that was the tweet that made me think, man, honestly, like, and I'm saying this as a, a happily married woman with a child that I love, the dream. Just for one night, <laughs> just for one night, every once in a while, coming home, returning alone, microwaving some trash, eating it and doing whatever I want until I go to sleep, the dream. So uh, we have two wonderful women to talk about this. Neither of whom are cat ladies, but both of whom I think will have something to say. First up, she's an actor and was most recently on Hulu's The Dropout. And uh, starting today, we're we're demanding an Emmy for her. Michaela Watkins. (laughs) (laughs) You hurt people. (laughs) Do you ever yell you hurt people after like someone and like in an unconsequential setting? No, it's a great line. And now I probably can't because people will be like, we get it. You were on the dropout. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but um, I wasn't, I mean, I've been, a, I was a cat lady. My last cat, you know, um, God rest her merry soul, uh, left this mortal coil at the ripe age of 19. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then I went, uh, you know, straight, you know, nosedived into dog land after that. But um, I had two cats for a very long time. So oh. I, I, I can speak with some authority on being a cat lady. I feel like if a cat makes it past age 15, when they get to cat mm-hmm. heaven, they get to do a victory lap in front of like a, <laughs> like a, a stadium full of cats that are like, yeah, you did. super senior, super senior. <laughs> they get to come back as Madeline Albright. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God rest your soul. Um, 
Up next, certifiable dog lady. You know her. She's a multi-hyphenate woman. She is the former host of What a Day. She's an actor and dog mom of Dr. Fauci. Akila Hughes. Akila, welcome back. What up? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Got my uh, sexy sleep alto voice. <laughs> it's like a radio college show now. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Love my dog. Love him so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your dog is a, is a star. Yeah, I mean, he's like an internet superstar. I like, I want yeah. to figure out a joke for stand-up about how like I rescued him from Korea, but like I feel like I have to like say like rescue with like a low lowercase r because there's no way he would have got <laughs> found and taken at some point he's really cute he was first to go you know he was always right. going to be rescued i always feel like they rescue they rescue us basically <laughs> he definitely rescues me from having to walk by myself i hate walking around <laughs> thank goodness he's there i mean honestly i think that I think that especially in a place like Southern California, where it's sunny all the time, uh, sometimes I think we take the weather for granted and we just like stay indoors. It's like counterintuitive. But after you've been here for a few months, you're just sort of like, nah, whatever, I'm not going to go outside. And dogs make you go outside, which is yeah. which is good. Like five times a day. <laughs> like it's really too much, actually. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I, always feel like we'd be on dialysis if we didn't have a dog. Like, like we compare our pre-dog life and our, our post-dog life and it's, we just walk so much and we just thank God we're barely, you know, healthy. So what would happen if we didn't have a dog? What would we be? <laughs> it's true. Oh man. Um, I want to start with you, Akila, to, to just dive into the, we don't need to talk about, you know, Matt Gates specifically, but I wanted <laughs> <Thank> to <you. laughs> kind of, yeah, I mean, whatever, guy. like, fuck that guy. He sucks. Really. Um, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> what, what about, why do you think that there is a certain type of guy who thinks that the saddest life for a woman is for her to not be stuck taking care of that exact specific type of shitty guy? Um, I think it's probably, you know, I, I don't want to psychoanalyze anybody. I have literally no psych degrees, but it feels very much like a maternal issue. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like he's like, uh -huh. mom, I'm going to leave the house one day and you're going to wish I lived here. And it's like, she's like, no, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> like, it's been 18 years. Get a job, get a house. Like, please. And he's like, I'm the best thing that's ever happened to this house. Like, he just has this inflated sense of self, probably because when he was a kid, no one told him <laughs> shit stank. And then finally they got tired of him. And he's like, no, what do you mean? Like, he's just he's kind of trapped in that uh, that era of his life. Um, but honestly, I also think that it's like that's what he's had to tell himself every time he's been dumped, which is probably a lot. It's like now she's going to go have a cat. And it's like, right. And the cat's going to like, <laughs> and the cat's going to like <laughs> shit in one space and not everywhere. <laughs> like, you know, cats <laughs> typically have better behavior. I don't know any cats under investigation by the FBI. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's got to tell himself something. <laughs> what else can he do? Oh man, uh, Michaela, what? Where do you think the like the idea of the cat lady came from, and why do you think that it's like used as like this cudgel against women who maybe don't want to be around men? I think cat women are massive threats to men. I think there's something. <laughs> look, there's a. I, I mean, I think just even symbolically, they're sort of 
they're higher elevated beings, you know, they don't, they're, they're self-reliant, they're pretty autonomous, um, and they don't require nonstop adulation like dogs. And we don't, they can't be harnessed like a dog. They're independent, they're wily. They're which they're 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 often depicted with uh, with women who are you know witches and um, <laughs> making uh, tinctures uh, to <laughs> have large effect on the world uh, and and women who feel completely okay with entertaining themselves alone and I think that is a huge massive threat to uh, weak, piss-weak men like uh, (laughs) Matt Gaetz. And I think that when you have uh, this this way that you can go like, oh, you're just a crazy cat lady. It's just a way to belittle and demoralize women who are perfectly content uh, to, and, and not reliant, to look to a man to fulfill them for everything. Now, listen, I had cats and I, and I wanted to be in a relationship sometimes. And I had, I have friends who don't have cats and desperately want to be in a relationship. It is not a, a boon as to how much you want to be or not be in a relationship. Cats are just simply make when you, being home joyful and that you don't feel like anything is necessarily lacking. When I would come home and my cats would be waiting for me and there was a pulse in my house, I was great. I'd get into bed with my book. I was so happy, you know, and I dated while I had cats <laughs> and a lot of guys were allergic to cats and my cats were incredible <laughs> cock blockers and said so many guys. And I think what's honestly so threatening to men is that women look at their cats and go, it's either my cat or this guy who's sneezing his head off over here in the corner. (laughs) And guess what? I'm choosing my cat. You're going (laughs) to choose your cat. You're going to choose your cat. And that's terrifying. I've known them for longer. I've known them for longer. I love them more. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It, I think about that yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't know you, dude. Right. Like, <laughs> like my cat's going to come back. You, you don't have to. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's wild. Oh, my gosh. Um, Alyssa, what, how did you react to the original tweet? And how do you react when that's kind of like tossed out there as a sign of a person being like sad or unfulfilled? Well, it is. When the trolls come for me, it is the first thing they go for. They're like, you and your cats. You pathetic. (laughs) It's like, okay, let's be clear. So to just go back to the OG Shrum for a second, Shrum is the reason I am married. Because my husband loved the cat first. (laughs) He was like, this beast is magnificent. And I was like, me too, me too. Um... (laughs) But, I mean, it is just like, what's wrong with being a cat lady? I don't know. Like, so what that I pick? Like, the the truth is, I think, that scares MG so much is that the cat lady, the satisfied, let's go specifically, too, to, like, the middle-aged cat lady, (laughs) the woman who's like, you know what? I'd rather come home to this fucking piece of fur that only moderately likes me most of the time. Like, let's be honest. The overly affectionate cat is rare and hard to come by. They're a little too much for me. I need a cat that's like... That's aloof. Yeah. 
Yeah. All of mine are a little bit like, hey, girl, love you. See you. But it's like <laughs> the truth is I have picked somebody, the cats, that are like they're my company. They're all I need. And it's like they're better than you, Matt Gates, and all of your friends. It is better. My life is happier just being here than trying to meet more people like you if you are heterosexual and you're looking for a man. But like that's his problem is that we're like, you know what? We're good. We're good. It is better to be by myself. I am happier. I am fulfilled. You are stupid. You are a pain in the ass. You are so not smart or entertaining. I mean, cats, all pets are like entertaining. And (laughs) he's just, um, they just think that it is the ultimate. It's like you, when they, when they're like, oh, she's a cat lady. What they're trying to say is she failed at getting a man. She is going to fail at having kids. So she's a fucking loser and she just has settled for her cats instead of understanding that it is a proactive, positive choice to be like, you know what? My cats are better. Mm -hmm. Also, the cat's like easy to blame because if it was just like a single woman you had to like shit on, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not choosing you. (laughs) Like now he's blaming the cat as if he would have been the choice. It's like, no, if I didn't have a cat, I'd still be fucking sitting here not with you. Like that's how it is. You're gross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I love my own company. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wanted to like kind of drill down on that too. Like, Akila, you're talking about how drill down. Why am I using corporate speak? I don't work for a corporation. <laughs> drill, like, baby, drill. Good. I'm severed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great show, by the way. Um, Amazing. Holy shit. It's so good. Um, so good. No, I wanted to, I wanted to talk more about realizing you prefer your own company because like Akila, I have very much enjoyed following you on the socials and watching <laughs> you turn your apartment into a palace. Yes. And like, <laughs> do you think that, do you, have you found that when the trolls come out for you, that they attack the fact that you have made a deliberate positive choice to like build your home into exactly your castle to like have a dog to like, not necessarily like be seeking a partner above all other things? Is that like the first thing they attack for you? They never attack that. It's usually that I'm black. <laughs> no one ever oh, really? brings up my it's dog. Never, because- it's not like no man, it's not like no man, like <laughs> nobody wants to date you. No, because I mean, the funniest thing, I always get these tweets that are like, well, you're ugly. And then at least 15 people are like, she's certifiably not ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to defend myself against it. I'm like, try something else. And they're like, well, you named your dog Fauci. I'm like, right. My mom had a dog named Charles Manson. They're dogs. <laughs> like, who gives up? <laughs> what else? And like, of course, your birthday is in August. I'm like, you have nothing. <laughs> you have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're grasping at straws. <laughs> the other day, somebody was like, your name's Akila. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, it's a beautiful name. What about it? And he was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I need to hurt your feelings. And I'm like, you're not going to like, but no one ever comes for Fauci. Like he's better looking than me. So like, if anything, like if he's on Twitter, they're probably like your owner doesn't brush her hair every day. And I'd be like, you don't have to listen to that baby. Don't listen to them. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit more about the overeducated part of the tweet. Like, uh, what do you think that means, Michaela? What is overeducated? Well, overeducated is a word that would only be used to, for a woman. I've never, you know him, you know, Sam McDaniels. He's 
sadly overeducated. Nobody's <laughs> 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 ever said exactly. overeducated about a man ever. Overeducated, I mean, we have to consider the source. And look, <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about Gates. I know you don't, and I don't either. And and my first reaction to that was the fact was was rage. And not rage because obviously rage because there's like such stupid out there, but it would be like a roll your eyes kind of thing if it were anybody else. But this is an elected official. This guy is like has a seat in Congress. This guy has constituents who elected him to office. And that's why I think we are talking about him. And so the fact that he demoralizes women like this by saying something or thinks it's demoralizing, let's just yeah. say, by saying <laughs> overeducated um, and also choosing millennials. Like he didn't say overeducated Gen Xers or overeducated Gen Zs. He's talking about the biggest voting body right now of, of women and also the most childbearing ages of women, although for him, Gen Z or whatever comes after it would probably fall oh, in his juris- <laughs> jurisdiction. Um, and and it's just, um, like I said, it's a term that he reserved for women to somehow think that it's shameful to be so uh, disparaging and have such a discerning educated mind to never choose a piece of, a guy who looks like a literal walking fart face uh, into your life. He does. He looks like the embodiment of you're like, draw, draw, draw a fart face now. It would be his face. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, unless I was like the most oversexed human, like if I was the last woman on earth and I had to have sex with somebody, even he, you know, would I would be like, really? There's no other way um, yeah. to Maybe continue good the human race? Extinct, Do I actually? have to? <laughs> Do we need to? Like, <laughs> what if we just <laughs> let it in? We failed. We tried it. It didn't work. Oh, well, yeah. goodbye. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but women, you know, don't have to choose him and they and 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 I have a feeling that they don't, which is why he's moved on to um, having to, you know, sort of uh, confuse and traffic women in order to f- be with someone. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But, 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 yeah. Allegedly. Alleg- we, we're alleging. <laughs> I'm alleging. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Allegedly. anyway, overeducated, just like Cat Lady, it's another way to continue to shame women from being non-reliant on idiots like him. Yeah. It's a pretty lame flex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that he's like, oh, women are too smart and they choose their cat over me. It's like, okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, uh, you problem still sounds like it's you. Yes. It just and the thing that that made me mad about the tweet because I like was sort of like, gosh, man, talk to a, like clearly this person doesn't really interact with women very often. Like he's yeah. he's maybe interacted with some like hacky tropes from the nineties, but he hasn't like really interacted with with women because first of all, like. Maybe we're microwaving stuff to eat. I I got caught on that. I was like, a microwave dinner? Look, we don't have kids or a husband. 
we're getting takeout. Like yeah. we're getting nice takeout <laughs> yeah. from the restaurant that, that serves that thing that my ex is allergic to that I could <laughs> never get. You know, like we're getting takeout. We're, we're, we're like, we're cooking a meal for ourselves. We're making a solo cheese plate. That used to be my thing when I was like, <laughs> Not uh, when I was not partnered, as I would come home and just like make myself an array of like cheeses with like a dollop of. Hun- I would act like I would play restaurant. But Aaron, it's called a hungry man. It's not <laughs> called a hungry woman. Like <laughs> microwave meals were not invented for right. to market to women. Even though I love a microwave meal, I don't. I'm not gonna, I'm yeah. gonna poo poo that. Yeah. I got to say, there's like a really good lasagna one from Rayo's. I don't know how you pronounce that. (laughs) I love that one. It's delicious. And guess what? We don't put it in the microwave. We put it in the oven for 45 minutes, all right? Yes, because (laughs) because we can wait like adults. It makes it flavor. Premature ejaculate our dinner. Right. I don't need to be Right, Akila. He told on himself with the (laughs) microwave because I do put it in the oven. I got 40 minutes. I don't I don't wait till I'm starving <laughs> to make my fucking lasagna. He can't wait for a woman to become an adult before he tries to date her. He can't even wait for exactly. his lasagna to cook for 45 minutes. Right. The man. He's like, I, <laughs> like, I bet you, does he have a cat? What does he have at home? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, stu- I'm stuck on... I'm stuck on like underage lasagna, like Matt Gates like <laughs> sawing through lasagna that's frozen in the middle because he's like, I can't wait, gotta have this yes. lasagna now. That's the only this way you lasagna. can make it, so that's definitely how you're making it. I'm like, actually, it has it right next to those instructions on the box. <laughs> I just kept oh, reading because I'm overeducated about the box of fucking lasagna. <laughs> I read all the instructions <laughs> and I made a choice. <laughs> Oh, man. oh my God. Um, so yeah, but here's, here's another thing that I think it speaks to like a really big cultural divide that I've seen kind of become, you know, like in my lifetime, I have watched the democratic party and the Republican party become kind of split more on gender lines than it was when I was like younger. So, you know, democratic, you know, there's still some demographics like white women who are voting for Republicans, but less so now than they ever were, you know, and, and like gradually, like the women are sort of matriculating over to the D side. The men are kind of becoming more Republican across the board in terms of like percentages. So there's a part of me that, that wonders if this whole, like, stickiness about Republicans or conservative men being like, this dumb bitch wakes up whenever she wants, spends all day doing whatever she wants, comes home, eats what she wants, hangs up by herself, watches what she wants and goes to bed. Isn't that sad? Speaks to the fact that like the two sides just do not communicate. Like I don't (laughs) think, Alyssa, you were, you were nodding. Did you have something to add? No, no. I was just, I was just violently agreeing with you or enthusiastically (laughs) agreeing with you. Um, Who's the most iconic crazy cat lady in culture or movies that you look up to? Oh, Holly Golightly. Yeah. That's a good one. She's sad though. She took in all the straight. No, but she's like gorgeous and she's doing her thing and she just takes in all the cats. She's like, come, come, cat, cat, cat. (laughs) And they just like, fuck it. I think she's an iconic cat lady. There aren't that that many, actually. 
Yeah. What about Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman? <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, she's a Catwoman. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, my superhero name is Cat Lady. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not a Cat Lady. I'm a Catwoman. <laughs> How do you say who's the one from um, Harry Potter? Hermione. Oh, Hermione. How do you say her name? <laughs> Hermione. Hermione. Thanks, guys. I never watched no, it or read it, but my- <laughs> I do know that on a plane, I sort of watched it, and she had a cat, and I really appreciated the Persian representation in the movie. Because a lot of times, too, people are like, Persian cats are even more evil, and you guys know I got a house full. So I like her, too. She's got a very nice orange chunk of a cat. Nice. <laughs> There's nothing nice. iconic about what I am that popped in my mind, but I think of— um, you know the movie Nine and a Half Weeks? It was the Adrian Line movie with Kim Bassinger and Mickey Rourke, mm-hmm. and they just have uh, S&M, like, fantasy sex the whole time, and then she's just sort of like, I'm out. Um, but it's like a phase she goes through to, to, to part of her wakes up and then realizes it's dangerous. But anyway, she has a cat. And um, <laughs> and the cat is this thing that sort of represents like come back to yourself part of the movie. You know, it's like she's got mm-hmm. it. She's she's with the cat, and then she goes out and is kind of very self destructive. And then when she comes home and she like looks at her dead plants and her cat, that's just you know has that's just like walking around. You 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 feel this sense of like. Lady, you know, c- come back to yourself. Like you've lo- you've lost your shit for a while, and um, <laughs> and and you're 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 better than this. You're more than this. You're a whole person. Like don't give your all your power away to this guy. And mm-hmm. it's it's something that I saw it so young, and it was very uh, impressionable for a lot of reasons. But but that I re- I subtly, very subtly, took away from the movie. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, you know, you talking about cats being like the come back to yourself prop in that movie reminded me of how Inside Lewin Davis. You guys remember that movie? Yeah. Oscar <laughs> Isaac at his. Sorry for that. Those at home, I'm shaking my head. No. <laughs> Sorry, I've never heard of this in my life. That one didn't have crossover appeal. I guess <laughs> that one seems like it. It didn't hit the streets. It was a screener that you got and you never watched. It's ASAP Rocky's favorite movie. <laughs> uh, it, well, Inside Lewin Davis is, is a movie where Oscar Isaac plays a folk singer in like the late 60s in New York who's kind of like mm-hmm. the scene of folk singing in, in that at that time is like sort of like the stand-up comedy scene where it's just like people walking around doing shows trying to get stage time and competing with each other and shit-talking each other and being each other's friends and community. But he's a shitty character and he's carrying around an orange cat for most of the movie to establish that he's not completely irredeemable. The cat is a prop to be like, this. see, this guy is not totally bad. He's taking care of something. You know what's interesting People really love a ginger cat in movies, right? I mean, aside from Mr. Jinx and Meet the Parents or whatever that movie was, um, people love a ginger. It's because it pops. Alien, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver had a ginger cat that she was, like, obsessed with. That's That's an iconic cat lady. Yes, yes. See, okay, good. We found a good one. 
We found a really good one. Yay. I would go with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, I think it depicted Cat and Lady uh, friendships pretty accurately. Like, they were more like, you know, coworkers that razzed each other rather than like, I own you, you're my cat. Like, I appreciated that, like, Salem was just about his own life. And, you know, he wasn't. And he, he just kind of lived Normalized in the having black cats. Oh, yeah. Normalized yeah, having black cats, the least adopted uh, in shelters of, for yeah, no good reason. Of all animals. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> so it crossed over. That has crossover. <laughs> Racism goes all the way. <laughs> People are like, I like the cream and the Oreos. Oh, I'm like, no, you don't. You like the cookie. <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> Stop lying. Yeah, like. You would eat the cookie if there was no cream in it, but you wouldn't just eat a bag of cream. Oh man, I think that if they sold Oreos and just bags of Oreo cream, if someone bought it, it's the most American thing. A hundred percent DIY Oreos. They'd sell it at Disney World. They would have to make like grocery store employees mandatory reporters. Like, you know how social workers are like, I have this person is is in imminent danger of causing harm to themselves. Um, they they would have to like call call a mental health professional. They have a cart. They just, just put a, a chip in just it. the creams. They have literally 50 bags of just the creams. Something's going on. And they've yeah. got a panic button like- only to be used when the bags of cream cross the conveyor belt. It's a just the cream button that they hit. It's just as like you have to sign a waiver when you buy it. Wait, oh, did you guys man. watch Selling Sunset? <laughs> you no. Know. No. Okay, fine. But little. she doesn't I think Heather, whatever her name is, she had never had an Oreo. The whole finale, the whole reunion had a whole thing about it. I was like, yeah. no. I've never had an Oreo. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think I all of these weird. people are like in an underground cult and they just bring them out for Netflix things every now and then. <laughs> like now you work selling houses and they're like Okay. I wear heels and I walk uphill to sell houses. Yes, that's your job. Totally. I'll just go do that. Oh, man. Amazing. Amazing and true. Oh, my God. I would watch a show that's just about the, like, planet where all these people live as they're waiting to be called to Earth to be cast in It's confounding. It truly is. It's like, what— at what point did you decide six-inch heels were the way to scale this yes. home in the hills? Yes. And also, yeah. why are you working for these guys? Like, what about them is appealing? <laughs> Nothing. Like, I literally, like, you could go sell a house by yourself, make more money, <laughs> and not have to wear heels. Like, yeah. what is the appeal of any of it? <laughs> also, the houses always look like Apple it's a stores great question. that got foreclosed on. <laughs> and how do they not, they don't know how to do anything, but they know how to somehow... Um, submit themselves for yeah. a reality yeah, show. Yeah, that's Well, true. that's, I mean, this kind of, t- this, as off the rails as this may seem, I don't think it's actually off the rails because these <laughs> women are like performing femininity in the way that a specific type of male gaze and female gaze like expects femininity, that specific type to be performed. Mm-hmm. And that's like high heels, shiny yeah. shaved legs, long, straight hair. Like, they're doing the things that they're yeah. supposed to do according to, like, this image of, like, what women are. And uh, I feel like it's, uh, it's sort of, you know, look, opt in if that's what you want. But, like, it, it's kind of bullshit to apply that expectation to it, all and of us. And none of them have cats. Yeah. And none of them have cats. <laughs> it's probably illegal at the business that they're trapped at. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, I feel like don't. No, cats. she has cats. No. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just like would love yeah. an episode where somebody like me is going to buy a house and I show up in jeans and my like dirty vans and like a cute t-shirt and I like look like ass and I'm like, all right, let's look at this one. No, it smells like hair. Like it stinks. Like let's go to the next house. Like, we don't have to like linger and have a glass oh of champagne while she like talks to me at length about the granite countertops. I'm like, nah, this place looks like a garage. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> like do it like house hunters where I'm like, I just want like a coffee bar and like some sort of back house. Can we get two things? That's it. Like I want to spin off with like the regular people. Right. In this part of the country, the entire episode would be you and the realtor driving three hours away from the center of Los Angeles <laughs> to the first house that costs less than a million dollars. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know what's good? <laughs> yeah. Do you like living in San Diego? That's great. <laughs> Not near the water, though. Oh, real estate. What are we going to do? It's oh, <laughs> terrible. Um, one question that I wanted to hear from all of you on is like, is there an equivalent insult that's flung at men? And should there be? And you brought no. up Joe Rogan, Akila. Like, well, I just feel like go home and snort some lines of your supplements and like jerk off to a Joe Rogan episode would be my my comeback. I would probably, I mean, comeback. I would say there is one, but I also think it's like probably more accurate for the kind of person they're describing. Like, I don't think that cat ladies are sad, but I do think that like guys who live in their mom's basement and like yell at women on the internet exist and are sad. <laughs> and so I'm often like, why don't you just go tell it to your mom? Like, why don't you walk upstairs and tell your mother <laughs> all these feelings? Because I'm not here for it. Like, talk to someone who cares. She burning your Tostinos again. <laughs> There never was an insult for dudes until insult came around. Yeah. That was the only thing that um, ever had any kind of connotation about dudes that spend copious amounts of time alone and have lost all social interaction abilities and are, you know, sort of homicidal, misogynist, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's just the thing is like when women are alone— when women are alone, like we enhance our lives and we learn to do other things like become musicians or artists or, um, or a variety of things, you know? Um, and I think the, when men are, uh, spend, you know, uh, outsized time alone, they kind of get scary, like genuinely scary, uh, too isolated. Mm-hmm. And it seems to skew pretty, pretty damn dark. And, and so it's not something that we sort of joke about or say off the cuff because it is somebody that you genuinely are like, I'm, I'm actually afraid of you. Mm -hmm. I think that gets that like a deeper, a deeper truth, which is that like, you know, there is a problem with like the way that boys are raised to maybe depend on women for their social lives and like their socialization and stuff. And maybe they don't have the social skills or maybe their, their version of masculinity that they've been brought up with doesn't allow them to like reach out to each other and ask for help from other men or like to connect with other men in a way that's like healthy and not destructive. And and then that leads to a sort of like the sort of thing that you're talking about, Michaela, which is like, isolation and like lacking the life skills to make the connections to like get to a better place. Um, and also lacking the skills to identify that they're in a bad place. You know, I, I think that like Mm -hmm. 
we're we're always like I think women girls are socialized to like connect, be around each other, help each other out. Like we're not. I hate the the trope that we like catfight and compete with each other and stuff because I feel the older I get, the less competitive I feel about women that I'm around. I'm like, good for her. Good for her. I'm, you know, happy for you. You're pretty. You look great. You're doing great. Like, your skin looks great. You got a great smile. Mm -hmm. You got great glasses. Like, I don't think because this woman has this thing, that means I don't have that thing. I'm, like, genuinely happy for the collective increase of female happiness or, like, female excellence, you know? And I don't know that the same sort of, like, muscles are built in men in the way that they're socialized. Um and so, yeah, being alone, I guess maybe if you're a person who thinks that when they're, who, when they are alone, they spiral and they feel terrible, maybe mm-hmm. what, what's happening here is they're like externalizing that and using it as, a, as an insult against people who are like, no, actually, I'm fine. Nobody's asking mm-hmm. me for anything. I'm enjoying that I built my little castle around myself. I'm enjoying that I have this awesome dog. I'm enjoying that I have my four cats. Like a person who thinks being alone is terrible and sad is a person who is sad when they are alone. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Amen. Projection. That's a word. I think that's, that's an incredible true. on the spot yeah. summation wow. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I solved it, guys. Solved Mad Gates. Really <laughs> shine a light on that one. I solved Matt Gates. Um, yeah, the other week, real quick, I'm going to close before we have to to do um, to, to do. I feel petty this week, but. The other day or the other week, we had um, we finally had somebody who was able to come and and, and provide childcare. We had a very long time where we were without childcare, so it was just me and Josh tag teaming, keeping an eye on a, a five, four, five, six month old baby. They get more complicated the older they get, you know. Like they <laughs> need more moving. interaction. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She's like sitting up by herself. She's trying to somersault off things. She's doing all kinds of things. And so finally we had a day where neither me nor Josh was going to be the one watching her. And it was like such a relief. And Josh was like, what are you going to do on like the first day that we don't have to like do three hour shifts with the baby where you've you've got like eight hours? And I was like, I am going to go somewhere and I am not going to talk to anybody and I don't want anybody to interact with me. I'm going to eat lunch alone on a picnic table. I'm going to read a book. I will not be speaking with anybody and I will not be answering any questions and nobody's going to need anything. And he's like, yikes. And I was like, no, the dream. Like sometimes you just need a day where nobody is asking anything from you. Not every day, but you know, some days. So, you know, I don't know. I think the coming home microwaving what I want, going to bed, not having anybody ask anything of me every once in a while would be really, really yeah. nice. It's called, ba- it's called balance. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I feel petty. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
Welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria. Let's get some housekeeping done before we move on to what we're feeling petty about this week. Housekeeping. I'm so excited to join John Lovett on stage for this week's live recording of Love It or Leave It at the Hollywood Improv. Other guests include X-Ray Visions, Jason Concepcion, Dan Bakadal, and Atsuka Okatsuka. For tickets, head to crooked.com slash events. With our constitutionally protected right to abortion under attack, abortion funds are working nonstop to make sure people can still access and afford abortion. You can donate now at votesaveamerica.com slash row to split your contribution between more than 80 abortion funds. For analysis on upcoming Supreme Court decisions, listen to Strict Scrutiny every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the House has been kept. Michaela, do you want to start us off? What are you feeling petty about this week? Sure. Um, So I'm in New York City right now where I don't live, but I really love it. And what I love about it is I think I've already dropped 55 pounds just (laughs) walking to do things, not to set aside time to exercise, but to actually just go from A to B. Um, So it's a very wonderful place for me. And what I love most about it is I just look, you know, do a lot of people watching and I like to see what the latest fashions are. And the latest (laughs) fashions are everything, (laughs) everything, everything is fashion right now. And it's also everything that I packed up and gave away 15, 20 years ago. (laughs) Everything that I don't have in my closet anymore. Uh, Has lime green made Mm -hmm. a comeback? Especially now that we're protesting abortion Mm -hmm. rights. Um, So, uh, so abortion bans, I should say. Uh, So, um, so here's the thing. I'm doing so much walking that I need a, I need a better sneaker than what I got because I'm getting shin splints. And I have been on the quest for the perfect sneaker. And I can't tell you how upsetting women's sneaker colors are. And I'm oh, a half yeah. size too small for the men's smallest sneaker. And so I have to go over to these... The women's selection, and it's why is there not a dark navy blue and white with a you know little pop of yellow sneaker? Why is it <laughs> lavender and lime and coral? I don't why, why, why can't I have a bold color of a shoe that's not? going to make my stomach turn. Why do I have to look like my little pony on my feet? <laughs> I don't I'm a I'm a grown lady. I want to I want a good sneaker. I found a great sneaker by the way. I, I don't I'm not in the business of sponsoring them, but I did find a great <laughs> sneaker, but I'm so sad because I'm like, can I just have the men's colors, please? And every single guy at every single store says that is the number one thing I hear constantly, no matter no what the brand is. How is this not reached the marketing heads? How? How? This is the number one complaint that women have yeah, about sneakers. That's a good question. I blame Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're like, oh, all the baddies are wearing the bright pink ones. So all the girlies are going to want it. It's like, no. Like, can we stop pretending there's one aesthetic? Can we stop? <laughs> There's a billion aesthetics. We're not a monolith. Give us I mean, choices. doing a navy is never wrong. Right. Give us a classic yeah. choice. White, black, At least one. 
Or, you know, give me, give me what you think is a bold look for the men because that's the color scheme that I want. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, that's the color scheme that I want. I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't like it, you guys. <laughs> I just it's feel like, like. It's like two summers ago when all Aaron wanted were red leggings. Remember plain red leggings? I wanted plain red leggings for exercise. I wanted like primary colors. Yeah. For like women's exercise gear. And they just did not. Oh, right. Exist. This is exercise gear. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 in sneakers. It's in sneakerland too. And I mean, just be better. Just just do better. Sneakers, do better. Yeah. I agree. Hard agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Akila, what are you feeling petty about this week? Okay, so this week I'm feeling petty. Um, I went to a CVS, and uh, well, you know, I'll t- I'll say that something else happened there. Somebody hit my car while I was in the parking lot, so that was that was shitty. Uh, I would say, like, leave a note, asshole, but it's fine. In any case, um, the thing that I feel petty about at the uh, CVS, and this is, you know, Walgreens or pretty much anywhere where you have to, like, physically use a card to pay in one of those machines, is that they always ask you to donate to something kind of random. They're like, the men's eyebrows, are you, like, interested in, like, (laughs) saying them? And then I just say no, and the person always looks at me, like, judgy. And what pisses me off, the thing that I'm petty about is, like, if I say yes, if I give my, if I round up for men's eyebrows or whatever the fuck, like <laughs> I don't get that charitable donation on my taxes. That giant corporation does. So they're like, we give uh, so oh, much damn. money every year to this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, I do. <laughs> when I buy my prescriptions, I'm paying for that. We're all paying for that. So I'm like, I'm more about direct Fuck. action. And I think if you like actually believe in a charity or there's something you are passionate about, or even just like have like five extra bucks at the end of the month, go find it yourself and donate it yourself because our government will not reward you for being nice to people at a CVS. <laughs> I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that way. And you know, the other thing is like when they give it, say, oh, do you want to give a dollar to help, you know, breast cancer or whatever? It's you giving a dollar to CBS. Who knows how much of that dollar actually we'll goes never to breast cancer? Know. Like we'll it doesn't, never know. unless it says one hundred percent of proceeds go, because they're like, well, that. there's a processing fee, and then there's exactly a fee. you know, like, and we need to take yeah. our cut. You know, the CEO needs another yacht. Yeah. So it's like you know what? I maybe that's messed up, and I'm gonna get a bunch of charity people being like, okay, uh, we're not gonna get the CBS donations. But I think if people know this, maybe they'd be more willing to give you know on their own. I think most of the time when people turn that down, it seems like a much higher some, but at the end of a year where you're buying prescriptions, it's actually not like that 20 bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, pans out. So just, I would say, don't feel ashamed about saying no. Cause I am so tired of people staring me in the eyes. Like, how could you say no to like men's <laughs> elbow cream? Like, why wouldn't you support that? I'm like, okay, it's not that I don't support that. It's that I'm not going to pay it here. Okay. I'm not doing it. <laughs> So that's my pettiness. That's a really good thing to feel petty about. I I think that's great, and and that's a good you know public service announcement. Also, don't yeah. you don't need to round up at CVS. Uh, <laughs> round up in your heart. Yeah, they round up inflation. I don't see them rounding down the price right. of the pads I bought. So like, <laughs> figure it right, out. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Alyssa, what are you feeling petty about this week? Okay. Has anyone watched The Staircase yet on HBO? No. No, no is it but good? it's is that one of those the husband did it 
things. Well, okay. So <laughs> here, that kind of, Aaron, you're sort of hitting my petty nail on the head. Um, here's the thing is that all of these, you know, these HBO shows are very expensive. And, you know, so I know that it costs a lot. And I'm like, okay, so I'm watching this. And it's like, takes place in North Carolina. There was a documentary about the show years ago. It's Colin Firth, Tony Collette. I watched the first three episodes. And I'm like, let's be honest. That's just an expensive Lifetime movie. Yeah. Like, and if that's what we want, it should be fine. But then, like, let's not shade Lifetime movies because this is literally, like, just an expensive Lifetime movie. And so, anyway, it's made me want to go back through, like, the greatest Lifetime movies of all time and be like, what can we reboot here? What, mm-hmm. if the little elevation and better stars would be the new HBO Max show? Oh, yeah. Because it was really, like... I mean, it was, it's like I watched it. I'm going to keep watching it. But it's like, it's literally the premise of like probably 35% of Lifetime movies. And it, and those were done sort of like 20 years ago. Like Lifetime's not making this movie now. They made it like 20 years ago. So anyway, that's <laughs> right. all. That was really just my petty is that I just think that like, it's like, let's just not be so, let's not be so shitty to Lifetime because we're really just watching right now expensive Lifetime movie reboots. Yeah, I totally agree. Have you seen Anatomy of a Scandal? David E. Kelly's It's Lifetime on Lifetime on Lifetime. Like you watch it with your jaw on the floor going, what? How (laughs) dare you? As it as it rolls into the next episode, and you're like, well, now I gotta watch what happens. I gotta find out. Of course you do. And it's like, of course I'm gonna watch to the end, but like, I don't know. It's like Lifetime's been doing it for years. Let's give them a little credit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um Okay, so I have, like, just a small petty before I kind of introduce a, like, new new segment that we're just kind of, like, playing around with. I, you know what? I am over these, like, prestige multi-part documentaries that are essentially just a bunch of people taking way too long to tell the story that was originally an article. Like, I just let me read. I'll just read the article and I'll be done reading the article in 25 minutes rather than spending like six hours listening to people talk about it and over B-roll footage of like planes taking off. You know, like I I don't need this is taking forever. Like to I have I've got a life is short. I need. Anyway. <laughs> um, so that's what that's what I feel mildly petty about this week. I, I also wanted to introduce something um, because we were talking about this one on our text chain, um, a segment that we are going to call if we get enough response from um, our listeners. So our listeners are very smart. And no matter what random ass thing that we call out for from them, there's always somebody who knows what they're talking about. So what I would like to do is make an appeal to you, listeners. Uh, and if you know the answer, you have a specific subject matter expertise on this or an opinion that's that's well-informed, please weigh in. Hysteria at cricket.com. So this segment is going to be called Calm Down Versus Stay Mad. I'm going to <laughs> tell you something that I read online, and I'm like, should I calm down about this or should we stay mad? Is this really something that is worth getting upset about? So this is the thing that I am concerned about this week. Data security on period tracking apps. In light of Roe v. Wade possibly being overturned and abortion being criminalized in some places, should we be worried about data security on apps that help us track our period? 
And the assumption is that in a in a world where abortion is criminal, um, governments could subpoena these apps and get access to whether or not we Ugh. maybe had a miscarriage or an abortion. Should we be worried about this? So listeners with informed opinions on information security, data security, data brokerage, whatever, email us the answer. Should we calm down about this or should we stay mad about this? Hysteria at cricket.com. And uh, if we, we get sufficient answers, we'll have a conversation about that on next week's show. Um, okay. That's all the time we have this week. Michaela Great. and Akila, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having so me. So happy you. you guys were both here. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die per use. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. If you like what you've been hearing, tell your friends, leave us a nice review on iTunes. You can email us, like I said, hysteria at crooked.com. And there will be more hysteria for you next week. I am from another planet. This nation is our Janet. But these girls are fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no for an answer. Hysteria is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Nia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.